When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No. We are airing in Boston, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. How about that? Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California, Arizona, Colorado, Oklahoma, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Vermont, Maine. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> this is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, uh, welcome to Hour 2, everybody. About to electrocute myself here. I don't know what I did. John Frenzy's with us. How are you, Frenzy? Doing great. You look great in that T-shirt. Very nice. Very Came nice. in from uh, Long Island. Tuck it. Pull down. Straighten it out. There you go. From Joe Lazito, host the Coliseum Chronicles podcast. What a guy he is. You're good. The penalty. Cover your belly. There you go. Yeah. You're like the people at Buffalo Days strolling the midway with their belly button sticking out. Yeah. Hey, I told you that we were going to... Uh, Chat about the BCHL exit, BC exit from Hockey Canada and the CJHL. And and, and, and we're going to do that. Just hang on. I just had a text this morning from an AJ guy going, you sure stirred things up here. Well, again, people don't want to hear the truth. And so Jason Tatarnik is going to join us in moments. He's the head coach and general manager of the Estevan Bruins. He's coached Chilliwack Chiefs. In the BCJ, he's coached uh, Woodstock and the Maritime Juniors. He's an absolute treasure of a resource, and we're going to get to him momentarily. It is a football Friday, so we've been talking a lot of football, and I'll get to that from some of our viewers. Dean Ticks writes in. He says, uh, Rod, shout out from Wisconsin, home of Packers and the USHL Green Bay Gamblers. Always look forward to your insight on the CFL. Hope it survives in some form. People are saying, hope the CFL, if it's going to die, let it die with dignity. Don't let it merge. Mike Blackbird in Toronto says, oh my God, just stop. You can go. We don't need you as a fan if you can't accept it. Where did it go from Mike Blackbird? There is no dignity left to be had. And 
Jason in Red Deer saying, Rod, do you feel like it's Groundhog's Day? Get up, talk about the CFL being dead. Fans rebel, go to bed, get up, do it all again. No, I don't feel like it's Groundhog Day because I've said over the last week, and I, you realize if it's coming out of my mouth, I believe it. I'm tired of fighting. This guy has tweeted at us. His name's Brent Patterson. He's tweeted at us. Three point, two points. Attendance is roughly the same as the last 50 years, and ratings have always been high for TSN. Point two, the league isn't on the verge of bankruptcy. They lost money. Yes, the pandemic has affected them for sure, but the CFL was fine before and will be fine after. I'm done with that. Hobie's right. Have it your way, bro. I'm done with it. So I'm just done with arguing. So let's just switch it around to hockey. And by the way, Jim Lawson coming up. He is the former chairman of the CFL Board of Governors. I smile because Lynch is, that's all he wants to talk to him about is CFL football. But Jim Lawson is the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. They've got a way they feel to save horse racing. I'm, I'm not joking. Because Marcus Downs in Saskatoon talking about shutting down forever because of what the, because what the pandemic's done to him. So uh, Jim Lawson coming up in our next block. But let's go to Jason Tatarnik now. Thanks, Tarts, for waiting through this. And I appreciate you offering to come on because I'll be honest with you, I don't entirely understand the significance of BC Hockey League separating from the CJHL. I'm no dummy. I have a rough idea, but you know far more about it. And this isn't new to you, this concept. So what can you tell us? <laughs> no, it's not new to me. Uh, obviously, being part of the league as a coacher for uh, a number of years, um, it's always been a discussion. Uh, I think it mostly stems from the national championship tournament, uh, just the date and the timing of it. And I think they feel they, that's when um, attendance is the largest for them during playoffs. So, you know, I, I think if it's a decision that they want to break away from the CGHL or, you know, fine, but... Uh, you know, if it's really just about the Nash tournament, just you know, give the reasons why exactly and, and move on. Wait a minute. That makes not a lot of sense to me. You're talking about the Royal Bank Cup, now the Centennial Cup. Is the reason behind them wanting to leave? Well, I, I think there's some appetite to, to not play in that tournament, right, uh, based on economics. And, you know, I, I agree with it in a sense from a business sense that, you know, that's the best part of the year for attendance numbers. And, you're, you're kind of leaving and you're going to a national championship. But at the end of the day, you've, um, you're part of Hockey Canada, you're part of the CGHL, and those are the dates that are set, and it is what it is. Well, I'm sure that's part of it. But I want to tell the Alberta viewers and the people that are saying, Rod, no, you don't understand. The AJHL has denied what you're saying about the four teams from Alberta that are going to go to BC. One of those teams, Tarts, said, we're out and we're – these three are coming with us. So I'm like, just let's just wait and see, okay, before anybody says that I'm wrong. But what, what, what has been explained to me is they're tired of losing players to the USHL and the perception that the US, USHL is a much better league than any junior A league in Canada, let alone the BCHL. And this is about competition and perception and a player attraction. Okay, so if we're going to compare the USHL to any junior team or junior league in our country, um, I don't mind saying it. Uh, they're far ahead than us. Uh, the USHL, you know, at the end of the season of a USHL roster, maybe there might be one or two players that are not committed to a U.S. school out of a 23-man roster. And 
Usually they're not coming in because they might be waiting, they're a younger player, or it might be an academic issue, or they've played pro hockey somewhere. Um, you know, you look at the draft picks the USHL produces. I believe that 54 NHL picks last year. The year before, they had 59. I believe they had 10 first-round picks in that draft. So, um yeah, you know, if you ask me, if you want my honest opinion, the USHL is a much better league than any of our Tier 2 leagues. Um, it's at par of Major Junior in Canada. So fair. And boy, did that just open up a can of worms, as oh, you I know. Guess I... <laughs> but you said you coached in BC for years, which you did, in Chilliwack. Is there not a perception in this country that BC is the best Junior A league? And that's why they're separating, because they want to go another notch higher to attract better players. That's what I've been told. It's to rival the USHL. So, yeah, okay, USHL is better, but the BCHL thinks that they can get to that level. Is that possible? No, no, it's, it's not. Um, just the USHL is the premier league in the United States, and just look at the sheer numbers of players playing in the USA right now. It's, it's a numbers game. Um, that's their best league in their country. Um, in Canada, we have this, you know, the CHL, which is deemed the best league in our country. And it's, yeah, like, you know what? I think there's there's players in the BCHL that are very good top-end players that are just as good as USHL players. But overall, the depth of those USHL teams is, it's that's, that's the difference. So the interesting thing, too, and when you coached in Chilliwack, it was the Chiefs, correct? Not the Bruins? The Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, you said you'd heard this talk going way back then, and you weren't in favor of it then. So I guess when you saw this report come out the other night, you weren't shocked, right? Like, this has been brewing for a while. Yeah, it's been brewing, and, you know, I'm not shocked, but uh, I, I don't think the BCHL wants to withdraw from Hockey Canada. Uh, I think they want to be part of Hockey Canada still. And I think, you know, with the CJHL, there's some very good, um, there's some positive things about the you know, being part of that group. And there's some things that they have to improve on too, just like any league or any organization there's always room for improvement. So I can understand some of their frustrations with certain things, but at the end of the day, the CGHL is the governing body of all of us. And, um, you know, there's gotta be rules and regulations and everyone has to agree on them. Um, you know, if one league doesn't, uh, agree with the rules, then, you know, that's just the way it goes. You're just one vote in the governing body. And, uh, you know, for example, the, the CJHL, before the CJHL came came through, I'll use the trades for example. Um, there was players being traded for twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000. Um, you know, that, that's, that's getting, getting out of hand, and the CJHL put a stop to it. And, you know, I, I think the way the, the trading rules and the player movement is right now across the country is – it's fair to everyone, and um, you know that stopped the the craziness. Well, that explains why your league president would have said yesterday, "This is unfortunate," and what you're telling us is that this is potentially the highway to hell for the BC Hockey League, right? So, is that, am I summing that up correctly? No, like uh, you know, I don't think it's. I think it's a tough decision to make. Um, you know, you're kind of in a a hard spot. Okay, do we break away from Hockey Canada? Okay, where do we get referees now? Where do we get insurance? Um, so there's a lot of hoops that way if you ever decide to break away from Hockey Canada. Um, but I don't think their intent is to, to break away from Hockey Canada. I think 
they have some issues with the CGHL and, and that, that's fine. That's for their prerogative. And um, I think though, like if there's some decisions that have been made that don't favor your league or the direction you want to go, well, you know, you, you agreed to join the CGHL and that's just, you know, those, those rules and regulations set out and you have to follow them. And there may be things that I don't like personally, or that Sam Bruins might not like, or the SJHL, but, um, no, that's the way it is. Maybe I want nine twenty-year-olds playing for Des Van Bruns and the rules eight. Well, the rules eight, and I'm going to have to go buy it. Right, I got you. Well, Tarts, we're going to let you go. I appreciate all this insight, man. It was a different way of looking at it than I had. So, thanks for this, and glad to hear that you will be on the ice. We believe in the fall. Sorry that you had to go through this, but it is what it is, right? It is what it is. A little disappointing. Uh, you know, the, the variant played a role, but you know, I, the one thing I do want to set the record straight on is, you know, you heard the, the, the hotel thing that came up with the, the decision being you know, a sticky point, but uh, that's a simple phone call from government to, uh, you know, build shower committee. And yeah, we, you know, we had one hotel takeover. If we needed to take another hotel over completely, that's an easy fix. So same thing comes, all comes down to communication and, and, and talk things out. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Jason. Okay, have a great day, Rod. You too, sir. The head coach and general manager of the Estevan Bruins, Jason Tatarnik, joining us. We've got breaking news, Lynch, from the National Football League. You've seen it, right? Miami Dolphins have traded their third overall pick to San Francisco for the number 12 overall pick, a 2021 third-round pick, and first-rounders in 2022 and 2023. So no actual players per se, but picks, which end up being players. That is a lot for a third overall pick. Sure as heck is. And as I'm looking at the trade, sorry, the mock draft in the NFL, they got Trevor Lawrence number one to Jacksonville. They got number two, the quarterback out of BYU. Yeah. um, Right? He's ahead of Justin Fields with OSU. Zach Wilson. Yeah. And who, who they got at number three? And... Justin Fields from OSU? Well, that's three straight quarterbacks? Well, this will be interesting. So the 49ers are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, and they feel they have their next franchise quarterback in waiting, and it's one of of two guys. One of two guys, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, because Trevor Lawrence is off the board. Well, isn't that interesting? it's very interesting. (laughs) Well, Garoppolo is 31, eh? So, and... uh, they're not happy with what he did last year. He got injured, though. It wasn't his fault. Took him to the Super Bowl. I know. The year before. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> Pressure's on the quarterback. Who's kidding? Who, eh? That uh, Brian uh, Baldinger said to us. <laughs> oh, to be a quarterback. you got to perform. The pressure's on you. Boy, so I'm going to swing this around. Swinging around. Tank Abbott's watching in Esteban. And by the way, he says, uh, Justin Fields going to San Francisco. It would look that way. It would look that way. Craig Campbell watching in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame downtown Toronto. He says, of the mention of the USHL versus the CJHL, Owen Power, now of the U of Michigan, is touted to be the number one NHL pick this year. Adam Fantilli was touted to be the number one OHL, OHL pick this year. Both opted for the USHL's Chicago Steel. And that's where I believe the... Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, took their first pick yeah. last year. So, yeah. Can they do so it? I, I want to swing. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday, so I'm swinging this back around. 
because this is where we're talking CFL. The rest of the week is and will be hockey, as it turns out. Mike Blackbird in Toronto says, uh, people, don't get me wrong, I want so badly to have the CFL live through this pandemic. This from a Torontonian. But if it comes to change and I see it happening, I wouldn't rather the, the CFL and its history carry on than leaving it dead on the road like roadkill. Nope. That history means too much to stop following because of any kind of merger. That's what he thinks. However, on Twitter, Howie Hunchak is watching and writes in, and he says, Van Stone's article Tuesday says it all. CFL needs to be mostly Canadian. Enough talents in our junior and CIS, which is now called U-Sports. And I really like that idea. And if you watch the Rod Peterson show Saturday, Sunday on Access Now Television, Frenzy and I go really deep into this, yeah. don't we, John? Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about here today. Yeah. This, if it becomes, and Jim Lawson's going to have thoughts on this too. He's coming in next. If it goes back to the what it was until up till about, what, 1970, Lynch? Yeah. Four Americans, that's it, well, on six, CFL teams, four. Six, six and two quarterbacks. And you, and so four and two quarterbacks or six and two quarterbacks? Six and two quarterbacks. And the two quarterbacks, the quarterback could be played as well. And then you got, it was a good idea to have uh, the two quarterbacks for backup. So you had eight, eight Americans. But that well, was, okay, George Reed told me it was four well, when he got here. No, it was more than that. And it's, uh, but that's, I mean, that just, I mean, that's what it was like when I was started watching with, uh, from 1950 on. And they had some great talent. The talent that came up was terrific. And they survived. They had lots of good Canadians, great Americans and terrific Canadians. So we could do it. We could do it somehow. So yes, we, obviously we could do it. I want to stop you right there though. Will Canadians... Support it and buy tickets. They did before. Will they do it again? There was no NFL on television here then. They did it again. They'll, they'll come back because there's a lot of good Canadian talent out there and great Canadian talent in American colleges like it's never been before. I've yep. been looking at it, it's, it's terrific. And so, yes, it could be done, and that's how it could be saved. I thought about that last night at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Vance doing again, a great idea. It is a great article, but furthermore, what? Furthermore, what are you smiling for? Dom, I'm smiling because Craig Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame just said, mention of the RP show will get you some of whatever I'm barbecuing at my tailgate prior to Argo's games this season. Perfect. I can't wait to go on the road and watch an Argo game. <laughs> uh, and Dominic D on YouTube says all these good players retiring is horrible. So there's the other side of the argument. Delvin Bro announced his retirement yesterday, a CFL multi-time All-Star, played in three Grey Cups. Bryant Mitchell, one of the greatest receivers in this league, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, retiring yesterday. So two Americans, by the way. So it just speaks to where the CFL's at and where it's going in the immediate future. So, listen, we'll break, and when we come back, Jim Lawson joins us, an absolute treasure of a sporting of, of a sportsman, and we get lots to get to with him. And viewer takeover coming up as well, curling report, all the rest. It's a Canadian show, don't you know? You're watching on Game Plus TV across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk. For Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com, listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Podcast listeners, RP here to talk about Manscaped. Moose DuPont's with me as well. 
Moose, ask me about the lawnmower 3.0. Rod, tell me about the lawnmower. Okay, 3.0? 3.0. The lawnmower 3.0. Listen, I've had this thing for, what, now a month, maybe five weeks. Guys, I'm telling you, we've been doing it wrong. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. And you're just like me. You've been using big, clunky razors. You've been using extension cords. You've been awkwardly maneuvering yourself over the toilet bowl or the sink. How about a battery-operated Small, handheld, with a headlight. Do you see where you're going? Oh, my god! To sort of get those nooks and crannies. You know what I'm saying? No chafing. <laughs> well, I'm getting to that. But I'm telling you, it gets to the nooks and crannies that your regular facial shaver or a, a clipper doesn't get to. This guy, this guy, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, was specifically designed for men. Okay, a lot of thought went into this. Don't just willy-nilly, you're willy. <laughs> Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Any other questions? I got to try it. I'm sold. <laughs> I still haven't tried it. All I've been able to do is listen to your testimonial. Okay, so right now, you guys, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. All one word, FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All kinds of reaction today. A lot of topics on the table here. And uh, Jim Lawson can chat about all of them. But there is a reason that the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment joins us today. The former chairman of the CFL Board of Governors with us. Hockey pro in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Correct, Jim? I'm right on that. Am I not? Yeah, absolutely. Lots Lots of hockey history there. Yeah, well, so you can talk about all this stuff. So, you know John Lynch, of course. Put on your headphones, Frenzy. Um, we'll start with the horse racing, Jim, because obviously with what happened, you guys got through as well as you could in 2020. You ran the Queen's Plate. I think you would say it was a pretty successful year, given your challenges. But here, Marquis Downs could not do that, and they couldn't do it again this year. And they're talking about going away. Can you speak about the state of horse racing in this country and where you think maybe you guys have an idea to to help it or save it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm optimistic, and uh, primarily because I, I think we at uh, and I'm speaking primarily about Woodbine Entertainment, but we are a large driver of the industry, certainly in Ontario. And uh, coming through this pandemic, what it has done and has challenged us to do is to conduct our business online and uh, our numbers show that we've been successful in converting our bricks and mortar and our cash customers to uh, online wagering through our HBI and our internet network. And uh, it's a digital transformation that I think uh, had to occur at some point and was occurring. Uh, Bricks and mortar is going away in a number of businesses. You see that in the retail world, obviously. And so I'm confident. Uh, the the big issue, quite frankly, uh, and it's a segue in maybe to another topic, Rod, is just how we can align ourselves and work together with the sports betting sector as that comes into Canada, because um, the the intersection between horse racing wagering and sports betting is going to be important for the survival of of horse racing. Yeah, and you see this morning this single. Uh, single game betting bill past the next step it's heading to the final step it's going to happen as you know the law hasn't really caught up to technology in a lot of regards not just sports but it's getting there 
You know, and, I, and I'm wondering how the Dark Horse app worked for you because it's not just races at Woodbine that you can wager. I just had so much fun on Dark Horse this year, um, and this was the first year that you offered it. Looking back, you must have thought it was pretty successful, I would think. Yeah, it was it was a good launch. I'll I'll tell you, I've learned a lot about uh, about applications and the development of them and how you use them. Um, a lot of a lot of kinks, quite frankly. And uh, I would describe what we went through this year as a soft launch. Uh, we've been taking customer feedback and making improvements and in 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 effect simplifying it. Again, uh, we have a view, and we've always had a view to moving people onto their mobile phones to watch racing, to turn this into a digital uh, viewing experience and and simplifying wagering, which uh, is necessary, I think, for the young demographic. And the magic in this for us is as we've engaged in discussions with these major sports betting operating companies is they love the Dark Horse app. And I think it's got a, a much broader application uh, not only in Canada, but elsewhere relative to sports betting. So that is uh, that is something that we will pursue. You'll get a kick out of this. Well, two things. One, Todd Pinkney's watching, one of our P1, Priority One viewers. He says, Woodbine, thank you, Dark Horse. Horse racing is amazing. He won $10,000 from Dark Horse this year. So he's obviously <laughs> happy. I was coming home from a drag race first since I've been an adult this summer with my brother and his buddy. I'm in the back of the truck. And we hit a dead spot as I was just putting my wager on the Queen's plate. It was the first week of September, and I'm like, wow, I ran out of cell coverage. You know what? I was just putting in my bet. It got in, and I actually won on Belichick, by the way. He finished second. It wasn't Queen's plate. It was another weekend. But anyways, make sure you got good cell coverage when you're putting in your wagers, okay? Now, with Marquis Downs, yep. we've got to talk about the history, what you guys have brought up, because this is ingenious. I don't know how you did it. Can you explain it? In terms of that, the betting on the historical races. Well, it is it the uh, it, it, it's something that I think I'm not so sure we're going to get there in part in terms of this current legislation that's going to be sent back to uh, the House and then the Senate. Um, we were pitching for it because I'll tell you another thing I've learned is <laughs> is it's really hard to get the government's attention on this sort of thing and and we figured while we had it uh, we should push for historical horse racing. And it would have been, uh, and I think there's still an opportunity for it to be a means uh, to support horse racing across the country, which is in effect uh, when when uh, racing is down and, and down at Marquis Downs and down at a number of tracks across the country, because there are a few that uh, run the length of the card that we do at Woodbine, people want to bet on horse racing. So what we were, uh, what the product is that we're working on, that we're prepared to um, put on our internet system as soon as the government is prepared to regulate, regulate it is, is par mutual wagering on historical horse racing. We have a database of 30,000 horse races that we could put on, that you could watch the full race, bet into a par mutual pool. We would give certain information about the horses and the trainers and the class of the horse, but you really wouldn't know anything about the race until the gate opens that would help you identify it. It's a great opportunity. We've talked to the regulators. We think they're prepared to regulate it um, without a lot of additional work because they're already regulating the tote systems that we run. Um, and we're still hoping uh, that it's it's on the table uh, with the justice minister as something that will really help racing uh, in other provinces, in particular where 
they could have their own product or certainly Woodbine could license it out to them and we could all share and uh, and generate more revenue for the horse racing industry. So it's a great product. It's overdue to be in Canada. And um, let's hope we can introduce it uh, not long after the sports betting legislation goes through. I, I have to apologize. I thought it was live now. I guess I misread the email. So uh, good luck with that because it's an unbelievable concept. Anything more in horse racing before we uh, switch topics? Well, uh, the only other thing I'll say is, and uh, it, it, it's, it's some of your viewers will be interested. Uh, w- Toronto is still in the gray zone in Toronto, uh, which would mean, under the gray zone language, that the uh, there's a threat that the opening of the thoroughbred season could not commence on April 17th. Um, I uh, corresponded last week with. Uh, the Minister of Health and the Premier and the Mayor of Toronto and have had a very positive response and discussions coming out of those letters. We're working on it, and I think there's a, a good chance that uh, we will be able to uh, commence commence racing, but uh, those those discussions are ongoing with the health authorities, and uh, but the politicians have been absolutely supportive and understand uh, why we need to get racing going. The, the horse people at the racetrack need to make a living and they need those purses. So let's hope we can get Woodbine Thoroughbred started on April 17th as scheduled. Absolutely. Good luck with it. Good luck with it. Okay, so we got Hall of Fame Rough Riders broadcaster John Frenzy here. He's just chomping at the bit. Again, <laughs> same pun on the horse racing. <laughs> Go ahead, Frenzy. What do you got for Jim Lawson, the former chairman of the CFL Board of Governors? Jim, great to see you again. Um, very disturbed by the situation today. Uh, Suggestion very strong. We're going to amalgamate with the XFL, with uh, the great uh, The Rock and his group there in a year, maybe in by 23, not by 22 even. Ray, it looks like this league's just falling apart. I'm quite disappointed that Canadian guys can't put this league together. We're the only major league in, in, in football, college or pro football, that can't make it. Now, I, I, I think that's just a real kick in the rear end for these guys, so... Uh, from what you've seen of it, do you think we can survive, or is this a time we've got to sit back and maybe look seriously at, at joining the XFL? Well, listen, I, I uh, you know, one of one of the first things that I I did was try and understand the economic model of the league, and uh, you know, under the current framework, I think it's 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 very difficult, and and it's been difficult as as has been well published in in the major cities, and in particular. Uh, Toronto and Montreal. So I, I do, I do think that there there's a need to uh, look at the economic model. I uh, I'm like you. I my my grandfather was involved in the league. My father uh, was a, was a great Cup champion. Uh, my daughter was involved in the league, and and I've been involved in the league. And I, I love the Canadian Football League, and uh, I think it's so important to the heritage of this country and what we're all about. And, um, uh, you know, uh, you, you cross this line of, 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 of trying to decide football is important to this country. I love the sport of football. And, uh, but the economic model is broken. And so it's, it's your sentiments are, are not unique and I'm sure not unique to many involved in the league. But I think, uh, you know, my, my view of this right now is, is to keep an open mind. Uh, I know that, uh, the people involved in the league are, are sensitive to the same issues you are, but they are in, in definitely a challenging position, particularly with respect to those major, those major centers and what economic model may work. Um, 
I'm sure they've looked at, uh, at at various options, and this is one option that apparently they're pursuing quite seriously. And uh, and I'm just got my fingers crossed that it all works out uh, best for everyone. And and at the end of the day, let's let's hope that uh, we're playing football and we're playing football uh, in in big green nation too. So hmm. uh, I it's it's hard for uh, you know I I, I uh, I'm I'm empathetic to your sympathy. I uh, I've <laughs> I've spent my whole life in in uh, a Canadian Football League, uh, mostly in the Hammer, but uh, in a Canadian Football League stadium. So I get it. Well, but Jim, here's the thing that Lynch and I were talking about this before you came on. You're our kind of guy. You're a winner. You get things done. And the thing about the Canadian cultural iconic nature of the CFL, I get, but that wasn't enough for the government to hand over any money. So pro leagues amalgamate and work together all the time. So it's, are we, are we, a, is this about pro football or is this about Canadiana? We have to make a decision because it's not both. And I think if it's about pro football, then merging with the XFL is the best way to go and turning yourself on to 360 million people in America that love football. My God, it could be turning on the taps of money that we've never even had before. That's how I see it. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you, and 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 it, it, but there there's naturally uh, there's naturally a conflict somebody there, opposed. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I, I I can't express it any better. Turning on the tops, interesting. Uh, if, if you join the two conversation that we've just had, and I haven't had heard a lot of people speak about this, but the the junction the junction in my life is that. Uh, uh, when you think about football in the United States and the opportunity, we haven't seen foot, we haven't seen sports betting in in California yet. We haven't seen sports betting in in uh, uh, Florida yet. And when you think of that market and what's the behemoth in 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 U.S. sports betting, it's the National Football League. Well, the National Football League doesn't run uh, in April and September. Uh, and, uh, there's an opportunity there. And in addition to the, the, the gold mine that you were just talking about, Rod, uh, I've, I've been dealing with the sports betting companies, uh, in, in detail in what I'm doing these days. And, uh, and, and there's an opportunity there too, to, uh, as a revenue producer that not a lot of people have been talking about. I'm sure at a certain level, those discussions have gone on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the first to think of it, but when I think of uh, how this is going to play out in terms of the value of franchises and what it means, uh, not just to, to football franchises, but all sports franchises and, and hopefully trickling down to amateur sports, uh, there's, there's something, uh, something to this sports betting world opening up. I think as you see it uh, evolve in the United States, what you've seen in New Jersey is going to repeat itself in many, many states. And that it's an interesting angle on the whole picture. Well, I'm sure they're talking about it too, but I just hope it's not too late, that they haven't waited too long. Jim, thanks for your time. Stay safe. Good luck getting on the track. We're watching it very closely. Thanks for this. Great to be on. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk again, and hopefully we'll get racing going with it. You bet. In a month. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Jim Lawson, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, joining us from uh, Southern Ontario. Okay, Frenzy. We do have to roll. So anything before you exit? I hope we can somehow work it out with the great people running this league that we can have the CFL, as, for the most part, as we know it today. Now you're going to say, okay, Lynch, run your head against the brick wall. Yeah, but uh, that's what I feel. Okay. 
Catch uh, John and I Saturday, Sunday, noon, Sask time on Access Now TV. We'll have more of this. We'll be right back. Moose DuPont will rejoin. Actually, he'll join for the first time today. We've got a sports update. Our business of the week coming up for Direct West, My Sask 411. That's all ahead. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Indeed. We got so much to get to. A sports update and breaking news this morning included in it. The Miami Dolphins are trading the number three overall pick in the NFL draft to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for the number 12 overall pick, a third round pick in 2021, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. The move places the 49ers square in the mix to draft the top quarterback. But sources told ESPN that San Francisco is holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and has no plans to trade him. The 49ers opted to trade up because they're good with the options that will be there at number three after picks by the Jags and Jets. New look for the Toronto Raptors tonight after the trade of Norman Powell yesterday. The Raps host the Phoenix Suns in Tampa, Florida tonight. Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood came to Toronto with the deal. Kyle Lowry was not traded after heavy speculation. Nathan Todd scored the winner as the Manitoba Moose came from behind to edge the Laval Rocket 4-3 in a shootout on Thursday in the American Hockey League. Mikhail Berdeen made 21 saves through regulation and overtime, then stopped all three shooters in the shootout to halt Laval's win streak at Six games. Scotter McKenzie and David Gustafson both scored goals in the final 32 seconds of regulation to send the game into extra time. Jeff Mallett also had a goal for the Moose. Joseph Blandizi, Jesse Yelonen, and Guillaume Brisebois supplied the offense for the Rocket who got 19 stops from Michael McNiven. The Winnipeg Jets look to move into a tie for first place in the NHL's North Division tonight. Winnipeg is two points behind the Leafs, heading into its game against the Calgary Flames tonight. Flames have dropped three straight. Final tune-up for the Blue Jays' ace tonight. Hinjin Rue gets the start as the Blue Jays face the Philadelphia Phillies in preseason play. Former Blue Jay Chase Anderson starts for Philadelphia. Rue is expected to start the season opener April 1st against the Yankees. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new Almond Mocha. RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. How are you, Moose? I'm really good. Are you? Yeah, really good. Why are you really good? You know, it's just, it's been great. You know, and and something that... We did last night. We had our, our team, Dub Network, Zoom call. And one of the things that came up was the situation in Seattle, which, you know, it's kind of a delicate situation mm-hmm. um, with the allegations of racism and whatnot, right. and players being dropped. And, you know, just had a really good conversation about that because we have minorities on our team. And, you know, we have such a diverse group of writers and contributors to Dub Network. So I was thinking about that today and, you know, a lot of questions about how would you handle this situation? How should we write about it? How do you, you know, deal with it? And so uh, I was really proud of that group. And, you mentioned it and reminded me of that conversation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really. Well, cool. that's the thing with our intern, Alan, the Asian sensation, Alan Lee. I said to him, are you cool with us calling you the Asian sensation? So I'm cool with it. Because if you're not, you were there for that conversation. Oh, yeah. Now, like five times I grilled him. Are you okay? I'm fine. But uh, 
I guess you got to make sure of these things. No, no, you right? do. And you can have, you know, some, as long as you have open dialogue and trust and respect, then you're going to have a workplace that everybody's comfortable being a part of. Quite interesting. A year into the pandemic and we're still going. What people are talking about now, what are they interested in? CFL, XFL, a lot of junior hockey interest. And it's perfect because that's what we're interested in. So I'm just going to read some of these. Messages here from the 725. I watched the video highlights from the Pats website sponsored by Access. Who's play-by-play? Are they using yours or Phil's? I didn't see the highlights on the Pats website. I'm assuming they're using Phil's. The Pats are paying Phil. The Pats are not paying me. Those are the highlights that get clipped, come right from the WHL Live. But he's saying the highlights are sponsored by Access. Why aren't they using you? I don't know. I, I don't care. I don't get wound up about these things. Didn't even know they were on the website. See how it works? What can you control? What can't you control? I can't control that. I'm not going to worry about that. Works really easily that way. Yeah. From the 541 Prairie Mobile text line, Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaskTel mobility dealer at 840-8777. I think it's Randy's his name. Randy Butler. Regarding CFL merger in the 94 season, the Northern teams, I remember playing the U.S. teams in the intense heat. They suffered heat exhaustion, cramping, and linemen lost 20 pounds a game. For example, playing in Vegas with 35-plus degree temps. That's Celsius for you Americans, y'all. Would they start the season in September and compete with the NFL? I don't think so. Playing games in the summer would take its toll again. You're not going to play because of the weather? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 35 degrees. What's that? In the 90s Fahrenheit? Like it's hot. Uh, So I guess we're not playing. Can't play because it's too hot. But December we can't play because it's too cold. (laughs) From the 778. Okay. WTF is going on with the BCHL, CJHL mess. AJ announced last night that no teams are planning on leaving. Some individual teams are saying the same. Weird that no comment from the BCHL yet on the issue. Also forgot about this late last night. Sherwood fired their GM. This is what I know. And if you go back earlier this hour, we interviewed the head coach and GM of the Esteban Bruins, Jason Tatarnik. He spent many years in uh, Chilliwack. BC's going. They're gone. They've notified the CJHL of their intention. I got an AJ team telling me we're going with them. Yeah, an AJ team. We're going with them, and these three are coming with us. So now the AJ's denying that. People are throwing crap at me, and I'm like, I can take it. (laughs) You know, we've done 451 shows. People now realize that I can take it, you know? So I think it is going to happen. My guess is you need a year uh, in advance to announce you're leaving a league. So just hang on. I'm okay with the leagues denying it. And by the way, while BC has said no comment. Why wouldn't they? Like, of course they're going to deny it. Yeah, you understand no comment is a comment. Right. And denying it, right. Right. You just got caught stuffing clothes in a bag. You're about to leave your significant other. and You yeah. weren't planning on doing it for a week, though, right? Yeah. And then they busted you, and you're like, I'm just tidying up here. 
right? Like until you're ready to, all your ducks are in a row, you're ready to make that announcement, you've planned the PR and the press conferences, you're not going to say anything now. You're not prepared oh, and, for that. And by the way, this is, listen, I love the National Hockey League. It was the league that I fell in love with first in my life. A youngster growing up watching Hockey Net in Canada, Ken Dryden. I love the NHL. I am severely disappointed in the NHL because of what happened with them this week. You're going to fire Tim Peel and say him announcing the makeup call undermines the integrity of the game. I've talked about it for three straight days. What's the message you're sending? Because those of us that know that he didn't do anything wrong, but you're firing him, you're telling all the other leagues and everybody else that it's okay to just lie to preserve integrity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's the AJHL. I'm not accusing them of lying, but my point is if the National Hockey League's going to lie, what would stop any other lower league from lying? They're doing it. I know. Setting the example. You're not. You're setting a terrible example, NHL. We all know the truth. And you fired this guy. I, I I'm, couldn't be more upset. From Ray in the Six on the Prairie Mobile text line, he says, uh, Rod, I think your guest... Jason Tatarnik is mixing apples and oranges. I believe the USHL is considered a Tier 1 league comparable to Major Junior in Canada. The BC League is the best Tier 2 league. So quoting the number of players drafted in the first round of the NHL is not fair. That's from Ray, a hockey guy in the Toronto area. I'm just reading. I'm Sorry, I'm just going with what Jason said, okay? Guys coached years in Junior A. Let him, I gave him the floor. I didn't agree with everything that he said either. No, but, but I see how we see it up here, right? USHL is a gateway to the NCAA as well, right? Just like junior why A kids here. kids go there. And so th- when you talk about how they're competing at the same level, you're competing for prospects who are likely going to take the path of junior A, or sorry, NCAA and then the NHL. So I can see why you, we see them on the same level. Dar Netzel on YouTube says, next week, can you educate us about the USHL and why players would play there instead of Canada? I'd love to. What a cliffhanger from Dar. Hey, that's got everybody. Let's do it. Viewer takeover overtime coming up next. Hang on. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network and Sports Talk 24 hours at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. We call this overtime. We also call it viewer takeover. So just to um, pick up on some of the comments from the viewers, what we're talking about here. Come on. We're going to play a spring summer league in the CFL, XFL. That's what's going to happen. And they're going to play in the summer and people aren't going to complain about it. eh? Because Jeff in Winnipeg says, Jeff Cabello says, but it's okay to play in minus 20 windchill. Minus 20. The Rough Riders and the Stampeders played in the West Final in 2010. In Calgary, minus 27. They almost died. And you know who I was more worried about than the players? The refs. They didn't have a heater. I know. They don't get to go put (laughs) on the big coat every 20 seconds. They were running around. They almost died. So I would take playing in the summer in the hot than over the winter in that. That's ridiculous. They should not have played in that. And meanwhile, the suits, the suits that are making these decisions, are up in a warm luxury suite eating shrimp cocktail 
Yeah. Ryan McCarthy is watching in Albany, New York. He says, I can confirm the USHL is definitely a gateway to the NCAA. By the way, Frozen Four Regionals this weekend. So follow that and follow his podcast, by the way. No credentials required. Roxanne's watching from Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. She says, Darnell and my brothers froze to their seats in Calgary during that game. By the way, I was in a warm, comfy box too. So I felt a little guilty. Riders won that game, by the way, thanks to Jarrell Freeman. Do you remember it? Mm. Uh, the, I'll take that as a yes. Of course. Uh, Dwayne liked watching from Canada's football capital, Kipling, Saskatchewan. He says, I'll be embracing my inner redneck on Sunday with NASCAR racing on the dirt at Bristol. That stuff gets me going. I can't wait till the race season opens, man. The smell of burnt fuel. You're coming out to the track this oh, year, just so you know. You're coming. Get the You're going to drop the green flags. Oh, yeah. we go. Best concession in sports. Yeah. Kings Park Motor Speedway. Uh, Jordan, Director Jordan, says, Bristol, baby. I've been look. He wouldn't actually say it like that. But he said, maybe he would. He says, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And doing 100 laps in iRacing has only stoked the flames. So there. Uh, business of the week this week. We do it every week, every Friday for Direct West. My Sask 411, connecting Saskatchewan business. Because that's what we do. It's a Saskatchewan thing. We stick up for each other. We support each other. And this week, it's Munns Media. Okay, you can follow them on Twitter at Munns underscore media. They are content creators in the YQR and Saskatchewan. Video production and photography. For inquiries, you can email info at MunsMedia.ca. Their Instagram handle is MunsMedia. And I remember when they started. Young Tanner gets and his one camera, and now he's grown into this huge outfit. Right from the start, I followed this kid. Yeah. And it's unbelievable what he's done. Munns Media is our Saskatchewan Business of the Week. Content creators, something of an ad agency. So if you're looking for graphic work done, content of all kinds, contact Munns Media. They got to be pretty happy with that. I would How say, about that? I would say. Uh, what else did I say we had to do here? We did. Curling. Curling report. Thank you. Boy, you're sharp. Mm. Carrie Anderson and Brad Gushu won a Canadian mixed doubles curling championship Thursday night with a 9-6 win over Colton Lott and Cad Rihanna Sahadik. Anderson of Ginley, Manitoba and Gushu of St. John's, Newfoundland claimed $50,000 in prize money and will represent Canada at the World Mixed Doubles Championship May 17th to the 23rd in Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Scotland. Anderson won her second curling title of 2021 after defending her national women's crown at last month's Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Lott and Sahadik collected $30,000 as the runners-up, while bronze medalist John Morris and Danielle Schmiemann pocketed $20,000 for third place. Gushu and Anderson advanced to the final with a 7-6 semifinal win over Morris and Schmiemann earlier on Thursday. I mentioned I tuned in last night for Skip Stones in the final end. So I watched it. Brian Mudrick with a tremendous call to the final. And uh, Carrie Anderson is going to be in the bubble for like 90 days. Oh, yeah. How is she not put on any weight? Can you imagine hotel living <laughs> and meals for oh, 90 days? Man. That would be me. 
Anyways, the Curling Report is for Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Try Verge's Precision Farm Tech software free today at vergeag.com. I was on their podcast. It'll drop on Monday morning talking agriculture, mental health. Yeah, it's just fantastic with Lindsay from Verge Agriculture. Cool. So follow them, Verge Agro on Twitter, and listen for that podcast. Dupes, I will see you at the photo shoot this afternoon. And then, Pats and Blades. Can't wait. Go Dupont's Blades. team against God's team. Four o'clock on Access Now, Pats and Blades. Thanks to Jim Lawson, Brian Baldinger, Jason Tatarnik, John Frenzy, and you. See you Monday here on Game Plus. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.